This is day 53 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing 1 Samuel chapters 25 through 29. Lord Heavenly Father, great be your power, great be your authority over all your creation. Thank you for your love. You loved us first. You acted first. You've done everything for us first. Thank you for loving us. Even though we don't deserve it, we are nothing compared to you, but you have given us value. And thank you for giving us value and giving us a purpose. Lord God, please bless us as we read your word today, that we may grow closer to your will and just grow closer in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Then Samuel died. And all Israel gathered together and mourned for him, and buried him at his house in Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel, and the man was very rich, and he had three thousand sheep and a thousand goats. And it came about while he was shearing his sheep in Carmel now the man's name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. And the woman was intelligent and beautiful in appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his dealings, and he was a Calebite. That David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So David sent ten young men. And David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, visit Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say, Have a long life. Peace be to you, and peace be to your house, and peace be to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers. Now your shepherds have been with us, and we have not insulted them, nor have they missed anything all the days they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we have come on a festive day. Please give whatever you find at hand to your servants and to your son David. When David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in David's name. Then they waited. But Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants today who are each breaking away from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have slaughtered for my shearers and give it to men whose origin I do not know? So David's young men retraced their way and went back, and they came and told him according to all these words. David said to his men, Each of you gird on his sword. So each man girded on his sword, and David also girded on his sword, and about four hundred men went up behind David, while two hundred stayed with the baggage. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he scorned them. Yet the men were very good to us. And we were not insulted, nor did we miss anything, as long as we went about with them, while we were in the fields. 
They were a wall to us, both by night and by day, all the time we were with them, tending the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what you should do, for evil is plotted against our master and against all his household, and he is such a worthless man that no one can speak to him. Then Abigail hurried and took two hundred loaves of bread and two jugs of wine and five sheep already prepared and five measures of roasted grain and a hundred clusters of raisins and two hundred cakes of figs and loaded them on donkeys. She said to her young men, Go on before me. Behold, I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. It came about as she was riding on her donkey and coming down by the hidden part of the mountain, that, behold, David and his men were coming down toward her. So she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I have guarded all that this man has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him, and he has returned me evil for good. May God do so to the enemies of David, and more also, if by morning I leave as much as one male of any who belong to him. When Abigail saw David, she hurried and dismounted from her donkey, and fell on her face before David, and bowed herself to the ground. She fell at his feet, and said, On me alone, my lord, be the blame. And please let your maidservant speak to you, and listen to the words of your maidservant. Please do not let my lord pay attention to this worthless man, Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young men of my lord, whom you sent. Now therefore, my lord, as the lord lives, and as your soul lives, since the Lord has restrained you from shedding blood and from avenging yourself by your own hand. Now then, let your enemies and those who seek evil against my Lord be as Nabal. Now let this gift which your maidservant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men who accompany my Lord. Please forgive the transgression of your maidservant. For the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord, and evil will not be found in you all your days. Should anyone rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, then the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he will sling out as from the hollow of a sling. And when the Lord does for my Lord according to all that, all the good that he has spoken concerning you and appoints you ruler over Israel, this will not cause grief or a troubled heart to my Lord, both by having shed blood without cause and by my Lord having avenged himself. When the Lord deals well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me, and blessed be your discernment, and blessed be you, who have kept me this day from bloodshed, and from avenging myself by my own hand. Nevertheless, as the Lord God of Israel lives, 
who has restrained me from harming you. Unless you had come quickly to meet me, surely there would not have been left to Nabal until the morning light as much as one male. So David received from her hand what she had brought him, and said to her, Go up to your house in peace. See, I have listened to you, and granted your request. Then Abigail came to Nabal, and, behold, he was holding a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. So she did not tell him anything at all until the morning light. But in the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things, and his heart died within him, so that he became as a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord, who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and has kept back his servant from evil. The Lord has also returned the evil doing of Nabal on his own head. Then David sent a proposal to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her, saying, David has sent us to you to take you as his wife. She arose and bowed with her face to the ground and said, Behold, your maidservant is a maid to wash the feet of my Lord's servants. Then Abigail quickly arose and rode on a donkey with her five maidens who attended her, and she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. David had also taken Ahinoam of Jezreel, and they both became his wives. Now Saul had given Michal, his daughter, David's wife, to Palti, the son of Laish, who was from Galim. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding on the hill of Hakilah, which is before Jeshurun? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having with him three thousand chosen men of Israel, to search for David in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul camped in the hill of Hakilah, which is before Jeshimon, beside the road, and David was staying in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies, and he knew that Saul was definitely coming. David then arose and came to the place where Saul had camped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, and Abner, the son of Ner, the commander of his army. And Saul was lying in the circle of the camp, and the people were camped around him. Then David said to Ahimelech the Hittite, and to Abishai the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and behold, Saul lay sleeping inside the circle of the camp, with his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And Abner, 
and the people were lying around him. Then Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hand. Now therefore, please let me strike him with the spear to the ground with one stroke, and I will not strike him the second time. But David said to Abishai, Do not destroy him, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be without guilt? David also said, As the Lord lives, surely the Lord will strike him, and his day will come that he dies, for he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed, but now please take the spear that is at his head and the jug of water and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water from beside Saul's head. And they went away, but no one saw or knew it, nor did any awake, for they were all asleep, because a sound sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Then David crossed over to the other side and stood on top of the mountain at a distance with a large area between them. David called to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Will you not answer, Abner? Then Abner replied, Who are you who calls to the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your lord the king? For one of the people came to destroy the king, your lord. This thing that you have done is not good. As the lord lives, all of you must surely die because you did not guard your Lord, the Lord's anointed. And now, see where the king's spear is, and the jug of water that is at his head. Then Saul recognized David's voice, and said, Is that your voice, my son, David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord the king. He also said, Why then is my lord pursuing his servant? For what have I done? Or what evil is on my hand? Now therefore, please let my lord the king listen to the words of his servant. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is men, cursed are they before the Lord. For they have driven me out today, so that I would have no attachment with the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go, serve other gods. Now then, Do not let my blood fall to the ground away from the presence of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to search for a single flea, just as one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will not harm you again, because my life was precious in your sight this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have committed a serious error. David replied, Behold the spear of the king. Now let one of the young men come over and take it. The Lord will repay each man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I refused to stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Now behold, as your life was highly valued in my sight this day, so may my life be highly valued in the sight of the Lord, 
and may he deliver me from all distress. Then Saul said to David, Blessed are you, my son David. You will both accomplish much and surely prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. Then David said to himself, Now I will perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than to escape into the land of the Philistines. Saul then will despair of searching for me any more in all the territory of Israel, and I will escape from his hand. So David arose and crossed over, he and the six hundred men who were with him, to Achish, the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David lived with Achish at Gath, he and his men, each with his household, even David with his two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail the Carmelitess, Nabal's widow. Now it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he no longer searched for him. Then David said to Achish, If now I have found favor in your sight, let them give me a place in one of the cities in the country, that I may live there. For why should your servant live in the royal city with you? So Achish gave him Ziklag that day. Therefore Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. The number of days that David lived in the country of the Philistines was a year and four months. Now David and his men went up and raided the Geshurites and the Gerzites and the Amalekites, for they were the inhabitants of the land from ancient times, as you come to Shur even as far as the land of Egypt. David attacked the land and did not leave a man or a woman alive, and he took away the sheep, the cattle, the donkeys, the camels, and the clothing. Then he returned and came to Achish. Now Achish said, Where have you made a raid today? And David said, Against the Negev of Judah, and against the Negev of the Jeremielites, and against the Negev of the Kenites. David did not leave a man or a woman alive to bring to Gath, saying, Otherwise they will tell about us, saying, So has David done, and so has been his practice all the time he has lived in the country of the Philistines. So Achish believed David, saying, He has surely made himself odious among his people Israel. Therefore he will become my servant forever. Now it came about in those days that the Philistines gathered their armed camps for war to fight against Israel. And Achish said to David, Know assuredly that you will go out with me in the camp, you and your men. David said to Achish, Very well, you shall know what your servant can do. So Achish said to David, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had removed from the land those who were mediums and spiritists. So the Philistines gathered together and came and camped in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together 
and they camped in Gilboa. When Saul saw the camp of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Then Saul disguised himself by putting on other clothes, and went, he and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, Conjure up for me, please, and bring up for me whom I shall name to you. But the woman said to him, Behold, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off all those who are mediums and spiritists from the land. Why are you then laying a snare for my life to bring about my death? Saul vowed to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. The king said to her, Do not be afraid, but what do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a divine being coming up out of the earth. He said to her, What is his form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped with a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and did homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am greatly distressed, for the Philistines are waging war against me, and God has departed from me and no longer answers me either through prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have called you, that you may make known to me what I should do. Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has departed from you and has become your adversary? The Lord has done accordingly as he spoke through me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, to David. As you did not obey the Lord and did not execute his fierce wrath on Amalek, so the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also give over Israel along with you into the hands of the Philistines. Therefore, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Indeed, the Lord will give over the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Then Saul immediately fell full length upon the ground and was very afraid because of the words of Samuel. Also, there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day and all night. The woman came to Saul and saw that he was terrified and said to him, Behold, your maidservant has obeyed you, and I have taken my life in my hand 
and have listened to your words which you spoke to me. So now also, please listen to the voice of your maidservant, and let me set a piece of bread before you, that you may eat and have strength when you go on your way. But he refused, and said, I will not eat. However, his servants together with the woman urged him, and he listened to them. So he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. The woman had a fattened calf in the house, and she quickly slaughtered it. And she took flour, kneaded it, and baked unleavened bread from it. She brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they arose and went away that night. Now the Philistines gathered together all their armies to Aphek, while the Israelites were camping by the spring which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines were proceeding on by hundreds and by thousands. And David and his men were proceeding on in the rear with Achish. Then the commanders of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the commanders of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, who has been with me these days, or rather, these years? And I have found no fault in him from the day he deserted to me to this day? But the commanders of the Philistines were angry with him. And the commanders of the Philistines said to him, Make the man go back, that he may return to his place where you have assigned him. And do not let him go down to battle with us, or in the battle he may become an adversary to us. For with what could this man make himself acceptable to his Lord? Would it not be with the heads of these men? Is this not David, of whom they sing in their dances? saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Then Achish called David and said to him, As the Lord lives, you have been upright, and your going out and your coming in with me and the army are pleasing in my sight. For I have not found evil in you from the day of your coming to me to this day. Nevertheless, you are not pleasing in the sight of the Lord's. Now therefore return and go in peace, that you may not displease the Lord of the Philistines. David said to Achish, But what have I done? And what have you found in your servant from the day when I came before you to this day, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? But Achish replied to David, I know that you are pleasing in my sight, like an angel of God. Nevertheless, the commanders of the Philistines have said, He must not go up with us to the battle. Now then, arise early in the morning with the servants of your Lord, who have come with you. And as soon as you have arisen early in the morning and have light, depart. So David arose early, he and his men to depart in the morning, to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. All right, so as we see from the very first verse, Samuel is now dead, unfortunately. 
but this isn't the last time we're going to see him, and that sounds odd until you just read what we read, and now it makes much more sense. So we see the story about the man named Nabal and his beautiful wife, Abigail. Apparently she was intelligent and beautiful, and he was a fool, which is actually what his name means. Nabal means fool. I don't want to know why his mother named him a fool, but apparently she did. But he was very rich, and what really the problem was here was David was hired and served as bodyguards for the shepherds and the shearers of Nabal's people. So he was their bodyguards, he was their security detail. And so they served faithfully. The men later say that they everything was peaceful, everything was great with them having this responsibility. And so when it comes to shearing time, we can equate it today as being payday. The shearing is done, that means we can start selling products, and that's way we can start making some money. So this was a huge, important, festive day, and David wanted his cut, which is fair. He worked hard as well. So when he went to Nabal, Nabal is like, I don't know who David is, and I don't know what kind of agreement we talked about, but I don't know this guy. So, I owe him nothing. I refuse to give this man anything. And naturally, David was really angry. And we don't know how long exactly he was with them, but apparently it was for a little while. So, these men wasted weeks, maybe even months of their lives waiting for payday. And so, naturally, he's like, all right, that's it. He wants to be like that. I'm just going to go and destroy everything that belongs to him. He doesn't deserve to live. But Abigail hears about it, creates a care package going to David to help appease him. And she acts so intelligently and so humbly before David. She takes all the blame for herself because her husband is a moron. And she asks for his forgiveness. And you can see that she loves the Lord. And David is refreshed and blessed by her. Very impressed by the way she conducted herself. So, through her actions, she avoided the destruction of Nabal and all his people. And David did not have that blood on his hands. So this is all according to God's will. So Abigail went home and she was going to tell her husband about it and... He was super drunk, so she waited till the next day, and then she told him, and it says that his heart died within him, so he became as a stone. So we don't know exactly what this is, but the best medical comparison could be that of like a heart attack or like a stroke to where he was like a stone, paralyzed. And apparently after this, he died 10 days later. Now, this is where things get a little interesting, is that after he dies, David is happy about it. Obviously, he that you know that's he got what's coming to him, right? But the very first thing he does is he's like, I want that woman. She was awesome. She is attractive. She's got a good head on her shoulders. I want her as a wife. 
So, obviously, he's smitten with her. But you see it the other way around as well. Because it says that when they got word, David wants you as the wife, she arose, bowed her face to the ground, and said, I will do it. Not only that, but it says in verse 42, Abigail quickly arose and got on her donkey and went. She was excited too. She wanted to be David's wife. Not only that, but he's described as being a very handsome man, so they equally loved each other. So there he goes getting another wife. Again, polygamy is not okay, but you're going to see that's one of his biggest vices throughout his time now as well as when he's king, especially. Polygamy is a big deal that he struggles with. And he doesn't have his wife Michal anymore because he's not going to come back, so Michal was given to somebody else. And then you get chapter 26, which you thought that from the previous reading and that Saul learned his lesson, that he had his life in David's hands, and David spared him, showing him, I have done nothing to you. Why do you keep chasing me? Leave me alone. And you see it happen again, as if Saul has short-term memory loss here. As soon as he hears that David is somewhere nearby, he gets up and goes and pursues him. And this is chronologically after the original story. So, same thing happens. He's in the wilderness. Saul is camped out in a field. They're all passed out. They're all sleeping in the camp. No one's watching. No one's keeping guard because it says the Lord did that. And David sneaks into the camp with Abishai. Abishai's like, I'm gonna... his spear is right there, David. The spear is right next to his head. I could easily just grab that spear. Boom. One strike. It's over. We can just leave. And you don't have to worry about him ever again. And David's like, no, I can't. He was anointed by God. I have no power and I have no say in this matter. Who am I to strike down who God has chosen as king? Still holding on to his integrity. Instead, he does something similar to like he did last time. He takes that spear and a jug of water. Stands on a mountain and says, hey, look, what do I have here? How did I get this? Maybe you should have been a better bodyguard, Abner. Because somehow I got this from your camp. And then you see Saul like, I'm so sorry. I did this again. You're a much better man than me. I have sinned. I've played the fool again. And he's like, what have I done to you, Saul? Leave me alone. I, don't, I have nothing against you. Let me alone. The Lord has delivered you from my hand. I could have killed you, but I didn't. Please value my life in return. And they leave. And, leave, and just leave it at that. Saul says, Blessed are you, my son David. You will accomplish much and surely prevail. And let's see how long that lasts. And you see these two really high notes in David's life. Chapter 25, he's rescued from doing something he'll regret by Abigail. And then in chapter 26, he has this encounter with Saul again where he defends himself in the integrity of the Lord. But then in chapter 27, you see he's having a downtime. 
He's having a time where he's losing his faith in the Lord. Saul is just always going to be out to get me. So I'm just going to go to the lands of the Philistines. And let's be clear, I don't think this is the way God would have wanted it to begin with. That's showing an obvious lack of trust. But he went to the land of the Philistines, and I don't know if King Achish just forgot that David was insane last time he met him, or he gave him a second chance. I don't really know, but apparently he conducted himself well in the presence of these Philistines and was allowed to live with them even to the point where King Achish wanted him as his personal bodyguard for his life and to join the military. Then we have a very interesting story in chapter 28. We see that Saul is running out of options. He, When he was originally pronounced king, he did what Samuel wanted and removed all the spiritists and mediums from Israel, because that is against the law of Moses. But now he wants one, because he's praying to God, God is not answering him. And why isn't God answering him? Because he's not obeying the Lord, and he's not seeking a communion with him. He's seeking just asking for stuff from God in his selfishness. And so Samuel's dead, And now Saul is going to seek God's wisdom in this, and and God is not answering. So he's like, well, if God's not going to help me, I'm going to go somewhere else. So he's going to a medium, practicer of black magic. And apparently this one was a conjurer, someone who claimed that they can call up spirits. And so... He disguised himself, went in, and he's trying to get her assistance with contacting someone who can help. And the only person he could think of that could help was Samuel, who had died already. See if you can call Samuel's soul back so that he can tell me what to do. So she tried, and sure enough, Samuel came up, and she cried out with a loud voice, almost as if, She didn't expect that was actually going to happen. Now, let's be very clear. Spirits do not exist in this regard. You cannot call up the spirits of someone who who is dead. It is impossible. Those who are separated from this mortal coil cannot be recalled. What usually happens in this case is if it does happen, where you ask for someone to be called up, and someone does come up that you do know, it is a demon. A demon taking the form of this person. But it's not the original person. This is purely demonic and deeply evil. But in this case, she freaked out because she conjured somebody named Samuel, and the man actually came. (laughs) Now, this is the only time that we've seen God do something like this, but... Again, nothing is beyond God's power. And let's be very clear about this. This is not just an image of Samuel. This is actually Samuel. Samuel's soul was called back from heaven to partake in what God had planned. And I think that is just amazing. 
that God would do something so bizarre like this just to get to Saul and to show us that nothing is beyond his ability. And sure enough, it was actually Samuel. And Samuel's like, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Well, I need your help, Samuel. I have all these problems. And he's like, so you're saying that the Lord's not answering you. It's because you're done this, 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 and this against him. So he has abandoned you because you abandoned him. Why should he do anything for you? Don't you remember I told you that he has given the kingdom to David? You're going to get what's coming to you, Saul. And within a couple of days here, you're going to die. And so what's amazing is that even after Samuel dies, he's still of use to God. And this is the only time in the Bible you see this thing happening. But it's still just an amazing story. And then you just see Saul fall to the ground, so afraid, and just completely stunned by what happened. He has not eaten anything, he hasn't had anything to drink, and now he hears that his life is going to end soon. He just doesn't know what to do. And the people around him are trying to comfort him. And then you see chapter 29 with David being dismissed from the Philistine army because the other commanders of the Philistines are like, what? what is he doing here? Well, I'm King, I'm King Achish. I wanted him to come with us, so he's going to come with us. Well, what makes you think he's actually going to be with us? Well, he's been with us for about a year and a half now, and he's been great. King Achish, do you not remember that this is the man they sing about? Saul has slain his thousands, David his ten thousands? How many of our people he has slaughtered? Who's to say he's not going to stab you in the back as soon as we go to war? Who's to say he's not deep undercover as a double agent for the Israelite people? Have you ever never thought about that? And King Achish is probably thinking like, yeah, oh yeah, you got a point there. So let me tell David to go home. Hey, the I was talking with the commanders and they don't want you here. And David's like, but what did I do? I've been nothing but good to you. I know, you have been like an angel before me. But you need to go. They don't want you here. Stay out of this. And so he stays out of it. And this is the Lord's deliverance, I think, because... He does not want David to, again, do something he'll regret. And I don't think he wants him to wipe out his own people. And quite frankly, I don't think David would have. I think he would have defeated the Philistines, just like he did with all these other people. It says that he would wipe out all these other groups, like Amalekites, for example, and then say, oh no, you know, like, and, and he would plunder them and get all their stuff. And then he would, they would ask him, hey, where'd you get all this stuff? Oh, you know, I've been fighting the Hebrews here and there. He's, he's, he's lying, totally lying through all of this. So you see a man here who is double-minded. He's got double allegiance here. And he's not trusting the Lord in this. So we see some of his high highs and we see some of his low lows, and we can all relate with that. We all have times where things seem to be going in our favor. 
And we see the Lord's intervention in our lives sometimes where he stops us from doing something we'll regret. And then we have those times where he puts us in the trials. And he sees what we're going to do. Are we going to run to him? Or are we going to run away from him? And try to be wise in our own estimation. And in this case, David took the latter. But God had already promised all these things to him. That he was going to be king and all of that. And that hasn't happened yet. So obviously he's not going to go back on his word. And David's not going to be king. He's not going to allow David to die. He's not going to allow David to fail. He will become king. And if he trusted God through that, that I am not king yet, therefore God is not done with me, he could have had more faith and have distrusted the Lord's will. But we can't be mad at David because we're the same way, if not worse. We do the exact same thing. I do the exact same thing and run the wrong way. So, let's learn from David, and let's try not to be like that. We are almost done with 1 Samuel. We'll finish the book tomorrow, and then we'll go into 2 Samuel, and start seeing David enter the kingship. But until then, I'm Ryan. Thank you for listening, as always, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.